0: Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport, Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Stuart Weir on the show this week as we look ahead to the upcoming Africa Cup of Nations. Also, we go in-depth on scouting and on player agents on the show today. We speak to one of the world's top scouts who was in the Gambia recently.
1: Best attributes, he needs to be quick. He needs to be uh, technical, gifted. Technical can be less because I think this is a matter of a coach okay, to do something, but, you know, you need to have the certain extra.
0: That's coming shortly, and we hear from Cherno Samba, the former Gambia international, who's now the agent of the highly rated France-based youngster Adama Bojang, on the role of being a good agent.
2: And it's very simple. If you help a player to do the right thing
0: and just don't think about yourself, it's a win-win situation. You know, if the player goes up, You go up. That's coming later. Also, we have Stuart on the English Premier League with Liverpool top at the start of the new year. What do the statistics say about their chances of being the champions at the end of the season? But first, the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations are just a week away. The tournament kicking off in Ivory Coast next Saturday on the 13th of January and Ivory Coast play Guinea-Bissau in the opening game in Abidjan. Well, before Guinea-Bissau departed uh, for Côte d'Ivoire, their president Umaru Sissoko Mbalo gave a medal of honour to the national team coach Basiro Kande, who took over in 2016 and has taken Guinea-Bissau to their fourth consecutive appearance at the Africa Cup of Nations. In other AFCON news, the Confederation of African Football has announced a 40% increase in prize money for the winner of the tournament. They'll get 7 million US dollars up from 5 million. The runner-up gets 4 million dollars and the losing semi-finalists get 2.5 million dollars each and the losing quarter-finalists get 1.3 million dollars. Also some concern for viewers of the Africa Cup of Nations as Supersport earlier this week said they won't be broadcasting the tournament in a statement saying they haven't secured the rights to broadcast the Nations Cup, although we understand that negotiations are still taking place. Well, I'll be at the Africa Cup of Nations and next week's show will be coming to you from Ivory Coast as we look ahead to the tournament uh, in detail. And this week on social media, asking for your predictions. Who do you think is going to win AFCON 2023? So it's kicking off in a week's time in Ivory Coast. 24 teams are taking part. Uh, so can Senegal defend their title? Will Mohamed Salah lead Egypt to glory this time? Can Nigeria win a fourth title? Or will the host take it maybe so who do you think will win the afcon and why you can go to our facebook page planet sport football africa and post a comment there or send us a what's up to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero that's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero who do you think's going to win the africa cup of nations in ivory coast so much, much more on the AFCON on next week's show. And This week we're going in-depth on scouting and on football agents. Now, many players around Africa dream of getting a chance to move to Europe, and there are many clubs and scouts interested in African players. So how does it work, and what are scouts looking for exactly, and what is the role of a player agent? Now, one of the world's top scouts, Sashka Mpacha, was in the Gambia recently to look at players at a scouting camp. Mpacha is from Austria. He discovered Mo Salah, Mohammed al-Neni, and Trezegay of Egypt, and Ghana's Baba Raman, among many others including the Gambia's Adama Bojang. He's the managing director of SPOCS Global Sports, a sports consultancy with partners all across Europe. And Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Bar spoke to M. Pacha.
1: I'm very fine. You know, in Gambia you can only be fine because, you know, the day starting uh, with a run at the beach and then swimming and then, you know, you see good football. I'm impressed uh, basically also from the height and a- attitude of the players. You know, they, they are well-behaving. Uh, OK, and they have ag- aggressiveness, good height and also good technique. Um, we have seen already uh, three, four players where I say, OK, these guys can uh, go away uh, similar to Adama Bujang or Demba Sadi Khan, which we brought uh, to Canada uh, Sadi Khan and uh, Bujang uh, to France. Uh, so we are here to, to do it.
3: What specifically are you looking at, African and Gambian players?
1: You know, at the end of the day, uh Africa has now getting a, a, a comeback, okay. There was now a time uh uh three, four years ago where everybody was watching the French players, okay? Uh you know, because they had uh similar attributes, okay, uh, uh and now Africa gets a comeback, you know, is getting a comeback because you know Good strikers, you know, like Boniface, like Ozyman or Gourassi. Mm-hmm. You know, you get now good, good, good quality. Um, and when I'm looking for for an African uh, player, best attributes, he needs to be quick. He needs to be uh, technical, gifted. Tactical can be less because I think this is a matter of the coach, okay, to do something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you need to have the certain extra uh, because at the end of the day, football is very tight, Okay and only the very very best will make it and what we are doing is we are trying to develop world-class players like I did before with Mohamed Salah or Mohamed Neni or Baba Rahman uh, so we are trying to bring them to the top 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 level uh, so which means um, the focus is the Premier League and the Bundesliga and this is our focus so when we go on a scouting we are looking for the extra talent.
3: Generally, how have you seen Gambian players? What would you say like is the attributes of a Gambian player?
1: The attribute of a Gambian player is uh, the size. Many of them are very, very tall. Okay, so which is of course very interesting for European football. So uh, I think you have uh, very good midfielders and strikers, but uh, you have seen today uh, Helge Payer made a keeper uh, a training. Helge is a former Austrian international, uh, as a keeper, <laughs> of course. And uh, he says uh, that those boys got tra- talent. So our aim is also to help the goalkeepers uh, because Africa is getting much, much better in, in, the, in the goalkeeping. But sometimes, you know, scouts have not the look. So we do, we are trying to bring uh, uh, the boys to Austria where Helge will uh, train them and then uh, when he has a good overview he will uh, see that they get a club uh, in Austria.
0: Well, fascinating insights there. That's one of the world's top scouts, uh, Sasuke Mpacha, who was in the Gambia recently to look at players at a scouting camp. He's from Austria. He discovered the likes of Mo Salah, uh, Baba Raman, and the Gambia's Adama Bojang, and he's managing director of SPOCS Global Sports. That's a sports consultancy with partners all across Europe, speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Ba. Some of the points there. uh, Players need something special to impress scouts something that a little bit extra uh, they should be technically gifted height is an advantage uh, for european football and only a very few will make it only the very best and in terms of age uh, scouts are looking at uh, teenagers also interesting to hear there that interest in african players is coming back after attention had moved to france for a while well, let's stay with this theme here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, and here from Cherno Samba, former Gambia star Samba, is part of the SPOCS Global Sports Consultancy. He facilitated this a scouting camp in Banjul. He's a former England youth international and then played for the Gambia as a striker at senior level. Samba's personal story is uh, quite remarkable. As a teenager he had a bright future when he was set to join Liverpool uh, but the transfer fell through and Samba battled with depression and even attempted suicide. He played in the lower leagues of English football and in Spain, Finland and Norway. He became one of the world's best virtual footballers in the video game championship manager. Well, Samba's now retired from football. As I say, he organised this camp in the Gambia and Mamadou spoke to him there. I'm back home because
2: I brought some clubs to scout for our country, which I believe that there is so much talent in this country and this is why I'm here. For me, for personally, myself, I always knew there are top players in my own country, but I didn't know how much were their talent in here. And I'm so happy, I'm so grateful that you know, all the teams have turned up. They've turned up on time. They've been very, very professional, very disciplined, doing their job at the right way. And these clubs have already identified a number of players. And what that does is, it just made me so happy to tell these guys, this is what my country is all about. There, are, is, there is talent here. Because Gambia is a small nation. And sometimes people forget about us. But it's a hot spot now. And I feel that with the, with the right people to guide these players, Gambia can go far. And I'm so, 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 so happy that um, I've managed to bring these people here and they can identify themselves and see for themselves what my country is all about.
3: So you are representing the hottest prospect in, in Gambian football, <laughs> that is Adam Abojan, who for the first time we have a, he's the first Gambian player to move straight from the, from the Gambian league. <laughs> To the top five league that's in, in France with Rams. Are these clubs here because of the success story that you registered in Adamaboja? That that plays a part.
2: That plays a part because um you know that's that's just human nature. When they see proof, when anyone see proof, you tend to trust that person. And that's why integrity is so important. It's so important. Whatever you do in life, you have to have integrity and to be to be trusted. So these people they trust me, they've seen that I've told them. There is talents like Adam Obojang in Gambia come and see it they believe it because they've seen Adam Obojang so if I didn't do what I did for Adam Obojang they may not believe it you understand what I mean so it has played a part however it also played a part because of my um, relationship with these people being a former player, I've made sure that I've always kept in contact with some of the people that I've played against, played with, and so forth, so forth. And I've always said these are the, um, my age group people are the ones that's going to be controlling football. And I've been fortunate enough to have these friends that I call friends that are in positions of power, mm. so I can use my influence to come to the offshore of Gambia and see the talents for them so adama has played a massive part because it just took me to another level in terms of african football so i'm grateful grateful for that and i'm grateful for him as well because he's a very, very 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 top boy player and off the pitch very humble very down to earth works so hard very loyal which is important because you don't get nowadays and that's why i will take a bullet for this boy
3: which category like the age bracket are are these agents looking at
2: so it's anywhere in Europe what they're looking at is from 16 17 18 maybe 19 but just turning 19 because the younger you are the better he is a uh, room for development. So that's why they're looking at. But then if you take a boy that is already 20 something, by the time he comes to Europe, that's gonna take him another two years. So let's say you take him for 20. So by the time he establishes himself, that's gonna be, he's gonna be 22, 23. Then when he's established, he he's gonna be 24, 25, that he's, his career is nearly coming to an over. So what they look at is 16, 17, 18. Maximum 19. So these are the categories, which is very good. That's what happens in Europe anyway. So that's what they're looking at. So, gradually, what I would like, I would like to do this at least twice a year, maximum. Because then the people that can have an opportunity, the ones that have not been picked, selected here, I don't want them to give up. I don't want them to feel down i don't want them to feel like you know they're never going to make it as a footballer ian wright the, the Diego jogbers all of these guys they made it late mm. i've been rejected left right and center when i was coming up at the age of 13 14 chelsea said i would never play football by the time i was 16 chelsea was knocking on my door and i said i would never play for you mm. these are the things that that happens in life so if you don't get picked today go back to the drawing board work 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 because football is all about opinions I might see something that I like in you. Someone else might see something. I said I don't think that player is a good player, but that's nobody's wrong or right in football. It's just what you like. That's the only thing. So if you're not selected, that doesn't—that's not end of the world. We want to come back in February, God willing, and you've got another chance to do that. And even if you don't get selected again, the next one, the next one, the next one—you just have to keep going and never, never give up.
3: Your your story, and now you're heading this scouting event. Um, there was so much promise mm-hmm. in, in your early days and it didn't turn out that you and those close to you that w- like the way they wanted it. Mm-hmm. So one would say you are the right guy, mm-hmm. um, to guide some of, some of these uh, prospective players that mm-hmm. your friends would be identified. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And it's like, um, it's a pleasure doing this more because, um, there is not a better person to guide these players. There is not a better person to guide these generations that's coming up. Because I've been there. I've been in the system. I've been battered, stamped, and everywhere, you know. So, to make sure these generations of players don't go through what I've it's is my accomplishment. It's not about the money. I've made what I have to make. You know, there's so much money you can make in this world. It's not about that. I could retire today and live for the rest of my life with my family. And my kids' kids will never suffer in the, in, 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 in the life. So, it's not about the money. You understand? Obviously, we work and we get paid and stuff but that's not the reason why i'm doing this as i said i've made what i have to make already it's nothing to do with that my accomplishment is to one day sit down at old trafford i will say old Trafford because it's my club i support my united Mm. to take an african boy there with their family sitting down looking at each other and the boys playing there that is the accomplishment for me and i can sit his and i can look at his family and say look that's our boy we've done it that's my accomplishment, and to make sure they don't go and work with the wrong people, because there are crazy people out there that just exploit these young players. Because I was done that too, you know. I remember when I was injured for six months, and my agent didn't call me once for six months. But when it was about time to, for me to write, sign my new contract, he turned up. All I wanted was to call me and just say, "Cherno, how are you? How did you sleep? How did you eat?" How is your injury? Did you did you sleep okay? That's all I needed as a player. And these players, they need that. They're human beings. And I always say there are two types of agents. There's a transactional agent and an agent that will run the race with you. The transactional agents are those ones that just want the money and just don't care about you and just care about their own interests. And the agent that will run the race with you is the likes of myself, that I believe, that I'll run the race with them to the top. Because, you know, um, if and, and it's very simple. If you help a player to do the right thing and just don't think about yourself Mm -hmm. it's a win-win situation you know if the player goes up you go up but if the player goes down and it doesn't make it you don't make nothing either Mm -hmm. so i don't know why just for your own gain and don't help the player so this is why i feel that's why this this is what motivated me to stop coaching and to work one-on-one with the players in terms of their daily life they you know Uh, uh, their finances trying to help them trying to say listen you have to invest because football is a very short career and you've seen so many players I have friends that played in the Premier League that was on 35k a week more for 5 years contract anybody would say to you after 5 years they should have at least 8 million in their bank but guess what after 5 years they only had 10,000 pounds What did they do with their money? They don't advise right. They invested wrong. They just followed the wrong crowd, wrong people and stuff. And this is why I instill in Adama, we have to do it different. Because if you fail, I fail and i'm not joking with him he knows you know the other day he called me and said, mr chair i'm going to buy shopping i said stop calling me and say you're going to go and buy shopping food that's your money you know that's food you have to buy it to eat you understand so but little things like that where he's so loyal and everything that he does he tells me and i know everything and i've put him in good step to say he shouldn't be worrying about financially for the rest of his life never because as i said football is very sure that's why you've seen so many players at the end of the game they don't have nothing to fall back on because they squandered their money and this is why I make sure all the players that I work with not just to get them the right clubs and to guide them but financially as well to make sure they invest in the right places they save their money and run the race with them and when I say it about running the race with them the other day the club called me from um, for Adama and what they said was oh Cherno Adama can't cook and um, do you think he'll be fine you know the way he's eating without because they don't want him to be eating takeaway all the time what did i do first flight i went to rems taught him how to cook you understand so we went bought meat chicken fish you know all this stuff and i was there for nearly a week and every single day i was cooking for him to look at me and now he's even a better cook than me you know (laughs) little things like that so people don't see and people don't realize so this is why there is not a better person to guide this place
0: than myself well, amazing stories there. That's former Gambia star Cherno Samba, who's part of the SPOCS Global Sports Consultancy. He facilitated the recent scouting camp in Banjul in the Gambia, speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Mama Duba So a few points from him. Uh, scouts are looking at players between the ages of 16 and 18, maybe 19, as the upper limit. If you are one of those many players who dream of uh, getting a chance to join a big club, if you're not picked, You should work harder. Don't give up. Keep on working hard. And uh, as Cherno told us there, there are two kinds of agents, some who might say are selfish, looking to make money from player transfers, uh, others who have a more fatherly approach. Well, really interesting that and uh, a lot to learn there, especially if you are a, a budding player. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, and you can follow us on X at Planet Sport FA. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. Uh, to download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Uh, watch out for lots happening on our social media during the Africa Cup of Nations uh, as well. Well, now let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. It was a hectic time over Christmas and the New Year. Three games in ten days. Where did all of the action leave us, Stuart?
4: Well, it leaves Liverpool three points clear at the top of the table, following two wins and a draw. Aston Villa are second. They lost to Manchester United after leading 2-0. Their Christmas record, in fact, was one win, one draw and one defeat. Manchester City uh, won both their games and are five points behind Liverpool with the game in hand. But don't get carried away as the lead at the top of the Premier League has changed 14 times this season already. But if you're interested in a stat, Liverpool top of the league on the 1st of January. And if you go back to the last 14 seasons, nine of those, the team on the, winning on the 1st of January, finished top at the end of the season. But Arsenal had a disastrous Christmas, losing at home to West Ham and away to Fulham. And, you know, some people are saying the fact that there are six other London clubs, meaning that Arsenal have to play 12 local London derbies, puts them at a disadvantage compared to other clubs in the Premier League. And after the defeat at Fulham, after they had led in the second minute, Mikel Arteta called it a painful and sad day adding that it cannot happen again, and he even questioned the mentality and desire of his players. Wolves, in fact, were the only team to play three and win three, beating Chelsea, Brentford and Everton. What a good job Gary O'Neill is doing. And remember, Steve, his predecessor, Loptegui left in the summer because he thought the squad wasn't good enough to survive. Over Christmas and the new year, Newcastle, Brentford and Everton played three and lost three. And can anyone explain to me what is going on with Fulham? Remember they had two five-nil wins in four days in early December, then lost to Burnley, Newcastle and Bournemouth with a goal average of scoring none and conceding eight. Then they play Arsenal, go behind in the third minute and finish up winning 2-1. It's certainly not dull when you watch Fulham at the moment. But going back to Liverpool, they went top with a 4-2 win over Newcastle. Nil-nil at half-time, but six goals in the second. And Newcastle, Steve, beat Liverpool in the league at Anfield in 1994, but have failed to win in the 28 games they've played since that. It was more of a one-sided game than the score suggests. Of the first 30 attempts on goal, 27 were by Liverpool and three by Newcastle. Mosala had a penalty saved by Dubrovka and this was Salah's fourth penalty miss in his last ten. But apparently at half-time he went in, changed his boots, he explained afterwards not through superstition but symbolic of a new start and he scored a penalty in the second half. Liverpool will miss him now that he's at the AFCON. And another Salah stat, he recently scored his 200th goal in all competitions for Liverpool. 59 players have done that before him, but none of them were African, i.e. scoring 200 goals for one club. Jurgen Klopp has been the Liverpool manager for eight years now and has been able to build his own team with only Joe Gomez of the current squad, who was actually there when Klopp arrived. Tottenham beat Bournemouth 3-1 and are fifth in the table with Papa matar scoring but then being taken off injured. However, in a social media post he assured Senegalese fans his injury was not serious and he should be OK for the AFCON. This coming weekend, Steve, no Premier League but there are FA Cup ties spread over five days and when that is over we're straight into the semi-finals of the League Cup before the Premier League resumed on the 13th of January. Some clubs will be playing three games in three different competitions in ten days. In the FA Cup, the top game is Arsenal against Liverpool on Sunday afternoon, and Arsenal are playing in white in support of a charity which is working to stop knife crime, which took over 20 lives in London last year. And just one thing about the bottom of the table, there's a rumour that Everton may get a second points deduction and that Nottingham Forest are also being investigated for financial issues.
0: Oh, well, I have to see what happens there then uh, with those two clubs and amazing resilience from uh, Mohamed Salah uh, after missing that penalty in the first half to put up such a superb match winning performance uh, for the Reds. Uh, Then uh, what about Manchester United then, Stuart, uh, after that disappointing defeat to Nottingham Forest? Well, it's hard to understand what is happening at Manchester United. It seems it's one step
4: forward and one step back. Remember, they started December with an excellent win over Chelsea, then they lost 3-0 to Bournemouth, arguably one of their worst defeats ever. Then against the odds, they went to Anfield and drew with Liverpool. They were poor losing to West Ham. Then, home to Aston Villa, they went 2-0 down and were magnificent, scoring three excellent goals to win the game. But then they go to Nottingham Forest, who are just above the relegation zone, and play really badly and lose 2-1. But this calendar year, United have lost 21 times. The last time that happened was 1972. Their performance in the Champions League group was their worst ever. Three times this season they've lost consecutive games, while they're still seventh in the league table. Both their home and away goal difference is negative. Now, none of these things ever happen at Manchester United. And TV cameras often focus on Sir Alex Ferguson watching a game. You just wonder what he thinks of the current team. Now, there is a development in that Jim Ratcliffe, a successful businessman and billionaire and long-life Supporter of Manchester United has just in the process of acquiring a 25% stake in the club. And it's understood that he will take responsibility for the football side of the business, leaving the Glazers to concentrate on the commercial aspects. Now, while most supporters might have hoped that he would acquire all the club and get rid of the unpopular Glazers, everyone will see this is a step in the right direction. But whether Ratcliffe is happy for Ten Hag to stay as manager and how much money he will make available in the January transfer window remains to be seen. I don't know whether you can explain this to me, but apparently Andre Onana will play for Manchester United on the 14th of January against Tottenham and then within 24 hours he will be in Cote d'Ivoire playing for Cameroon, while David Moyes is complaining that Mohamed Kudus was not allowed to play for West Ham on the 2nd of January, but somehow Onana's being allowed to play 12 days later. What is going on?
0: Yeah, puzzling uh, that is, and I don't know if Onana can play two games inside 24 hours. We shall have to wait and see. And uh, also in the news, Wayne Rooney, the England and Manchester United legend, uh, fired after just 13 weeks as Birmingham City manager in the English Championship. 83 days he was in the job. He was in charge for 15 games. He won only two of
4: them. But as I always say in these situations, it's quite ridiculous to appoint a manager and fire him in less than three months. Birmingham is the second biggest city in England, but Birmingham City have generally been in the shadow of their city rivals and neighbours Aston Villa. Birmingham City were in the Premier League up until 2011, but the last seven seasons they've been in the bottom quarter of the Championship. And Rooney has had three months, no transfer window, in which to strengthen a squad of players who didn't look good enough last season and haven't looked good enough this season to bring any success. The team is now in 20th place and Rooney's gone. He was one of the greatest players of his generation, scoring 183 goals for Manchester United, 120 caps for England. But a great player doesn't necessarily make a good manager. And it's interesting, you know, Steve, because Gary Neville had one unsuccessful attempt at management. Frank Lampard was fired by Chelsea and Everton. Stephen Gerrard is now working in Saudi Arabia because he couldn't get a job in England after being fired by Aston Villa. All great players in that golden generation, but all of them struggling as coaches.
0: Well, so a top player doesn't necessarily make a good coach. Thanks a lot, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. Next week's show comes to you from the Africa Cup of Nations in Cote d'Ivoire. So from me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.